Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Feckin' Metal. I'm your host, Fergal Trainer. Now, this is a second episode of Feckin' Metal that I'm hosting this week, but by no means is this a bonus episode or an extra episode. This is a very serious and very important episode to me, uh, probably the largest band I've ever spoken to, really, in terms of size and reach. Um, this episode features Marcus Grosskopf from Halloween, a man who's been there in Halloween since the very beginning in 1984. He's seen the band through all 16 of their studio albums. And I was lucky enough to talk to him on Tuesday of this week. As I record this, it's Thursday the 17th of June. The day before the Halloween album, the self-titled album Halloween, comes out on the 18th, which is when you'll be listening to this. Before we get into the interview, and don't worry, it's going to be a quick introduction, because I know everybody's probably eager to hear from Marcus. I'd like to thank the person who gave me this original idea. Um, it's, it's a friend of the show, and really at this point a friend of mine, Alejandra. You'll know her maybe from Twitter, or you'll know her from the Black Sabbath arc. I've been doing Arc Sabbath. Um, I was chatting to her back, back in early May, in fact, and we were talking about how much we were looking forward to the new Halloween album based on the single that had been released at that time, which was Skyfall, which is one of the best songs on the album, in my opinion. And uh, she said, why don't you ask Halloween? And I laughed back and said, that don't be ridiculous. Of course, I want to ask Halloween. And that was when I was in the midst of doing the Black Sabbath arc. And I hadn't really been asking bands to do interviews, really, for a long time. And I, I suppose I'd lost a bit of my confidence or a bit of my... You need a little, a certain amount of brazenness to just go and approach a band of that nature, of that size, and just say, hey, I want to speak to you or one of your, I want to speak to one of your members. I'd like to speak to one of your members on an interview for my podcast uh, but she inspired the confidence in me to do it, and I have to say it's been an absolute pleasure to deal with Halloween um, from the get-go. But thanks, Alejandra, anyway, for giving me the idea and the confidence to go and ask uh, Halloween to, to do an interview. Um, but it's been an absolute pleasure to deal with Halloween since the very start. So I emailed Oot Cromney. Actually, firstly, I messaged the band on Twitter because their DMs are open, which I couldn't believe. And they didn't reply, and then I messaged them again, and they sent me on their manager's details. And I spoke to Oot Cromney, who is their manager, and he sent an email on in response saying, look, we're doing media interviews first. Print magazines are our priority initially, but we'll certainly find a slot for you. And he copied in Marcus Vosgen from Nuclear Blast, who seemed to be managing all of the media for... Halloween, obviously Nuclear Blast being the record label that the album will be released on. So I dealt with Marcus from then on. He got back to me with a list of dates, times and members of the band who would be available at those dates and times. And it was so professional and slick and just ran so smoothly that um, I was just so impressed and grateful that they would treat me with such respect. So thanks, Marcus. And thanks, Oot. I really appreciate your, your professionalism and the fact that you replied to me. And you treated the request seriously, and you were very gracious with your with your replies. So I really appreciate that. Now, just to lead you into the interview, so I ended up speaking to Marcus Gropkoff. I had a couple of other options of band members to speak to, but I felt like I should speak to him because out of the three band members that were uh, offered, he was the only one who was an original band member. And to me, I think because this album represents all eras of Halloween, I should speak to somebody who has seen all eras of Halloween. And he was the only one who, on the list, had witnessed and been there for all eras of Halloween. So I said, I'd like to speak to Marcus. And that was arranged very easily. And then we, we managed to actually do the interview on Tuesday. 
uh, I spoke to, or sorry, I got the album sent to me on Monday. I listened to it a few times, and then I spoke to Marcus on Tuesday. So it, it went really well, I thought. Uh, before we get into that, I'd just like to thank everybody who listened to the Seven Sisters episode. I realize for some of you, certainly people who've joined, uh, or not joined, but uh, who've started listening to the podcast during the Black Sabbath arc, maybe it's a band you're not familiar with, um, but hopefully it's a band you'll investigate, because to me, I, I described them on Twitter recently as the pack leaders of the new wave of traditional heavy metal movement. That's not in terms of popularity or sales or anything like that. It's in terms of the music they produce, in my opinion, is some of the best out there that is under that banner. So thanks for listening to that. And I got a good response from people. I'm getting new listeners uh, regularly now. And it's good to speak to people. And as I've always said, if you want to contact me, you can. It's at Feckin Metal Cast on Twitter. It's feckinmetal at gmail.com. Uh, via email so yeah halloween they don't really need any introduction like unlike the seven sisters um episode i i don't feel like i need to explain who they are to anybody listening but just very quickly they've been around since 1984 they've released 16 studio albums and this latest album is a self-titled release where uh, michael kiske and kai hansen who hadn't been in the band since the 90s returned to the band but singer andy derris didn't leave the band. And now what we're left with is a situation where we've got Michael Kiske, who was the singer on, on those classic Keeper of the Seven Keys albums. We've got Andy Derris, who's been there since Master of the Rings in 1994. And then we have Kai Hansen, who sang only on the first Halloween album, but has sung on numerous albums from his band that he set up after he left Halloween, Gamma Ray. So he's a seasoned singer himself. So we actually have lead vocal duty split between three singers on this album and it, it makes for quite an interesting listen and um, there are many songs or at least a few songs who feature all three singers and you would think that might get a bit muddled but i'll compare it to when iron maiden brought back adrian smith and bruce dickinson but didn't get rid of yannick gares and a lot of people me included think that that's worked very well so it's kind of a similar situation except it also involved not getting rid of the current singer as well as not getting rid of a current guitarist anyway Marcus Grosskopf has, has been there on all 16 studio albums since 1984. The only other member who has been on all 16 albums is Michael Weikert. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm not certain. Answers on a postcard. Fecken Metal HQ. It'll get to me. So I described this on Twitter recently as the Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo lineup. Uh, so you might remember if you played Street Fighter 2 back in the day that you couldn't play as the bosses, you couldn't play as M. Bison, Balrog, Vega or Saget. But then when they released Street Fighter 2 Turbo, you could play as all those people. So to me, this is like they've expanded the roster of people who are available to be in the band. So it's Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. But the reviews across the board have been excellent. They've been amazing. I, don't, I haven't read a bad review yet. Most people are giving it like a superlative review, like 10 out of 10 or 5 out of 5 or whatever. I think it's a very, very strong album. There's four absolutely excellent tracks on it. And there are, I'd say, the remainder are quite strong to strong. So that's my opinion on it, having listened to it about three times. But it seems like Halloween have already done the work just by releasing those two singles, which to me are those two, are two of the best songs on the album. That's Skyfall and Fear of the Fallen. Two absolutely brilliant, catchy, fantastically structured uh, songs laden with unbelievably catchy and melodic electric guitar soloing and riffing and the singing is just it's, it's unlike anything i've heard because it has three different singers and they're all coming in they all have a distinctive voice and if you're familiar with halloween then you'll recognize them all but even if you're not they're all distinctive enough from one another that you will learn to recognize the differences between them so 
With the goodwill surrounding the band and the excellent reviews and just the general buzz surrounding the release of this album, you might say that the battle's been won. Hello, Mr. Trainer. Hey, how can you are hear things? Me? I can hear you very well, thank uh, you, yes. Yeah, going good, going, getting better. Numbers are sinking. The beer from the tap is ready again. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you, yeah, um, how are things in Germany? How are you getting on over there in that neck it's, of the woods? It's getting better. We got, like, incidents. Numbers are 15%, 15 what whatsoever. It's getting better every week. So to say, that means we can forget all about it in a couple of months, maybe hopefully going on tour and doing the thing we are do doing best, you know. <laughs> Excellent stuff. So, okay, yeah, I'd say, I'd say you miss being out on the road quite a lot. Uh, it's been a long time now since you were back with the, the Pumpkins United lineup. I think 2019 were your last gigs, were they? Yeah, yeah, we were actually about to do the record, bring it out quick. And then go back on the road again, you know, to see what the reactions are. And just, you know, for the hell of it, we touring, that's what we're doing. But, you know, <laughs> things were very, very differently all of a sudden coming out from nowhere <laughs> that's it yeah okay so look i know you probably have a lot of interviews to do so that's why i'm get, getting on with it quite quickly so uh, you know enough okay. not too much time for pleasantries i know you're probably a very busy man um <laughs> it's all okay <laughs> but uh yeah. so the pumpkins united lineup so this is when michael kiske and kai hansen returned to uh halloween after a very long time i i understand that this was in the works for quite some time so it wasn't just something that was decided quickly in 2017 <laughs> No, it's just like things uh, where Halloween is a band where everything is kind of well prepared, you know. It's not just calling up the guys for a blues session the, the next night or something, jam a little and then see what happened. It needed, uh, we, we left some scars in the past, you know, we, and there there was something to repair with, uh, with all through the years. And uh, there was talkings in between, you know, that, that it really, really needed preparation and it needed kind of a long time to to get the people where we wanted them in a way you know it's just like uh, michael had to talk with michael about the old days and what actually happened and things are changing of course we we were young and wild and you know it's it's just like different now so and if you know michael he needs time to to do things like that he's just not making it for 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 the money of it or something he if he if he does something like this he 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 needs to be feeling very very well you know uh and now i'm i'm very very lucky he he feels like a part of the family again you know uh, we we just need time to to get things together you know to make it properly and we feel like it's better to to solve all problems out get it out of the way and then start a new start yeah yeah well i mean it's certainly great to see the expanded lineup together and uh, i had a chance to listen to the new album which is is excellent it's a very very inspired album you can sense the energy in the room when it was being made or maybe you were in different rooms i think but you can sense the collective energy of the band with uh, so many creative forces you, you have six different songwriters in the band now 
Yeah, now that's that's not always easy when you go into the studio. You're playing a song or you're rehearsing, and everybody. It's it's not really making it more easy having two more very very creative good people in the band uh, throwing ideas at you while you're playing. Your head is almost exploding, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it's also like a very creative monster creative process trying all these ideas till you don't know which note you really want to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but there you have like a producer and and Dennis Ward was there also checking the arrangements. We have we had like four fresh ears, not thinking not thinking about this is my baby, this is my song, but thinking, all right, this is just what the song really needs, you know. Finding out what the song is really crying for, you just gotta find it, you know. And it's really, really good to have those guys to sort out all all of these thousands of ideas. Sure. To find out what the song really is crying for, you know, that was really helpful. But in the end of the day, I mean, each and every second, each and every note uh, was worth it when you listen to the result, you know. Sure, and it's it's like um, it's interesting to me just looking at the track list where you have um, some people like Kai Hansen bringing in the twelve minute epic song Skyfall yep. and that's just one songwriter in that but then you have more collaborative songs uh, on the album as well were, were people okay with their songs not being featured were, were the egos kind of left at the door or how did that you, work out you really really have to I had a lot of songs but then we, we have to find out what's the best picture that we want to create you know and also we decided uh, whoever is whoever writes a song more than 12 minutes he will be uh, this will be only one song for him right okay <laughs> no 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 this is just i'm kidding but it's just the way we wanted we wanted to have this picture and of course with six songwriters you have three times more material than you really need uh it, it's not all bad material that that's left it's it's just because we thought those songs were like creating a great picture creating this kind of this kind of feeling this kind of emotions we wanted and yeah of course we were sitting together after after the tour uh after half a year everybody's writing at home collecting ideas recording in their little studios and then hooking up together listening to all this stuff was just like hours and hours you know and then going back uh then we gave us one more month or two months time to listen back to all those ideas to 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 get a real good idea about what what i mean some songs are really clear they cry at you they they'll be on the album when you hear the first three notes or something but different songs you got to listen to it carefully and some songs of them are really really uh becoming alive uh in the studio you know yeah and you got to find out what song is very very interesting to work on like uh, one of my favorite is angels you know yeah and uh, when it was done when when we arranged it it became better and better each minute you know and this is what i'm talking about it, it gets better in the studio but not from the very first demo tape but it while once you work on it and it, it develops Sure. then it's it's the greatest thing you know very good and um, so like th this is a very unusual situation where a former singer has returned to the band but the current singer Andy Darris didn't leave the band and then also Kai Hansen has resumed singing again for the first time since your, your first album was in Jericho um, I, t I actually can't think of any other example of where that's happened uh, so it's, it's extremely unique so why, why was it decided that Kai would, would sing as well as Andy and Michael uh, was it just kind of did it happen naturally or did he say I want to sing because he'd been singing so much with Gamma Ray or how did that work out 
I mean, it's been uh, it's been quite clear that if he's coming back, he's got to sing a little bit here and there, uh, because you know we also wanted. If you listen to the album, you can find some uh, some links to to the very very early albums from the atmosphere, sure. you know, from the sound. But we wanted to combine all those past, which is Kai, of course, you know, and he's got that great voice from the beginning on, and he does, yeah, and then and then. Uh, connected to the old days with with Andy, you have some connections to the to the present, and as the song Skyfall hasn't got a, a real end, so to say, it can lead you into the future, and that's what this record all connects, you know. And therefore, you definitely need Kai's voice as well. And I think it's it's fantastic to have this big variety of 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 atmospheres, of of sounds and voices, you know, it, it makes the whole thing more interesting. And it was quite a great idea, I thought, when when we, I mean, it would not really make sense to fire a very, very good singer and oh. a very, very good guitar player no. just to get another very, very good singer and another very, very good guitar player back in, you know. I mean, we found that very, very stupid. And to extend the whole thing by creating a big Halloween uh, fun circus. That, that idea was much, much better. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, I mean, the, another example I can think of, I suppose, but it's not quite the same as Iron Maiden when Bruce Dickinson and Adrian Smith returned and they kept uh, Yannick Gers and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But um, to, when I was listening to this album, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but this to me kind of sounds like Halloween's Brave New World in that the older band members are coming back, but it's a huge burst of inspiration and it just resu- right. resulted in a really, yeah. really strong All album. Right. Uh, and when Maiden did it, they they suddenly uh, uh, had this huge success only playing arenas and stuff. I hope this has happened to us too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I remember when Bruce came back, they started doing the arenas again. I do, I do. <laughs> I, I see. Um, but they deserve, but they really deserve it, you know. Sure, yeah. I see you've booked a, a, a quite a large tour for next year. Uh, I was looking at a date in Gothenburg, was strongly considering going to that, uh, where you're playing with Hammerfall. So that's a massive. Uh, two like heavyweights of power metal teaming up together how did that come about i mean we know the guys they were recording some albums already in in in, on tenerife island and and the studio with charlie and so we know them guys very well there's a friendship kind of thing going on and it can be very great funny with people having you having people on tour you really like and it's very important that you hang out together and like liking each other, you know. And I think for the fans, it's a great package. It's not only having a support act playing forty-five minutes and then shut off, you know. It's yeah. it's like it's like they play one hour, fifteen minutes. That's a full pack package, and then you got Halloween with maybe two hours, fifteen, something like that. And I call it a cool killer pack, you know. It's great for the people. It's great value. And we thought in times like this. You need to come together somehow, you know, rather than having thousands of shows and you don't know where to go first, you know, because when that all back starts next year, I guess everybody's going out there trying to tour and and trying to live, trying to survive. And uh, people probably some of them don't won't have the same amount of money because some might may, may lost, have lost their jobs or something. Yeah, I th- we thought it's a great idea to combine two big acts and making a big fucking party you know yeah, it well, certainly is a, a, for one price so to say yes yeah exactly it certainly is a very attractive package definitely um, and you're talking about playing live so 
I, I noticed like this is the longest time period between albums for Halloween. So my God given right was out in 2015, which is six years ago now. And um, I know obviously a lot of stuff has happened in the meantime, like the re- return of, of band members and whatever, and a massive reunion tour, if you want to call it that. But um, is, is touring now more important than albums for a band like Halloween, like a, a legacy band? I'll use that term if you don't mind. Um, is touring now more important in terms of revenue or, or just like should you do you feel you need to spend more time out there on tour i obviously forgetting about coronavirus or is or making albums just as important i mean making albums is very i think it's important because rock fans they want to they want to have this product they just don't want to download two or three songs from their favorite bands they still like i mean vinyl is coming back sure even 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 the tape is coming back you know vinyl gets more and more every time we release an album uh, we we have thousands and thousands of vinyls already, uh, and it, it's getting more and more. They want to have this package. They want to know who's producing. They want to know who's playing the keyboards and the liner notes they're reading. You know, oh, I know this guy from blah 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 band and so and so on. They really do their homework. Yeah. You know? and I think it's great. That's rock fans. They they want to know what what is it's all about, but it it obviously uh, it it wouldn't sell as 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 much as in the 80s of course we all know even getting gold was like 250,000 back in the 80s mm. and now it is it 100 or even 50,000 only and nobody's going to reach it in germany yeah, I mean, yeah you know, sure. it's it's very very different that that was a selling sales were very very important in the 80s as much as touring but the, the way we toured in the 80s is just the way we're touring now mm. we were always like a really really uh, uh, ex- a great touring band we were touring a lot uh, but t- the touring business is much more you know it, it, we need that touring business to survive i mean to but that that does it all in, in a way you know but we're used to it so it couldn't it couldn't you know sure and and, and i see you released the album in, in a large different uh, sorry large number of variations uh, on vinyl it was actually hard to keep up with all the different ones but uh, <laughs> an array of different colors like is is that for like aimed specifically at collectors? Do you want to produce collectors' items these days more than just releasing an album? Because I noticed there wasn't a regular black vinyl version. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Really, actually, I think there was a tree, 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 tree vinyl and a CD combo. But I was just looking for yeah. myself for a regular black vinyl and I couldn't find it, <laughs> which I thought was a funny and it was a sign of the times. Really, <laughs> maybe it's like. Uh, uh, the, the most collectible item is just like a normal black vinyl. You know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but it's really a collector's thing. We're not getting all this out to make a huge amount of money because nobody would really. I mean, there's not enough people buying all this stuff so that we could it, so you could realize it in 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 the in the figures. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like an idea for collectors and we know quite a lot of collectors real collectors they 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 like to have something like this you know and and it's something for real collectors it's not you know not everybody's buying all of this apart from a couple of people you know but you have a choice to to what's your favorite color or whatsoever you know sure i think it's a cool thing if if there's a possibility to to do vinyl why not why not overdoing it you know for somebody who likes it it's really for some for for some for the people who really likes it, like it and i got them all <laughs> <laughs> yeah well geez, i hope you have an extra room in your house for all the different <laughs> <laughs> i even have a black one maybe to have a look. <laughs> um, so uh so talking about physical media physical albums obviously you're from you know a band from the 80s when 
a vinyl record was the main format. Well, at least when you started, anyway, CDs would have taken over shortly yeah, yeah. after. But um, do, how how do you feel about streaming digital music? Is it something you're a fan of, or do you do you um, do you I use it? Of course, yeah, I, I I use it because I'm sitting on a plane, I'm sitting on airports, and all that stuff. Mm. To, for travel, it's great, of course. I I I don't really get the the politics behind it how the the financial way is going because i not, never really took care mm. maybe i should someday but you know i i have a lot of stuff on my on my iphone to to listen to it on the plane and stuff like this but this is also a lot of stuff i re, I, I really bought all over the years you know yeah. i bought the cd's and have them at home and so why buying it again <laughs> sure to listen to it on the to listen to it on the airplane it's most of the stuff i got already of course i i pay my 10 euros a month and there's an album here and there which i download which which i have on my account and stuff like this but yeah well i mean you go with the business or you don't you know I, i'm not the one to change it so what what's it going to take? You know, you, you play the game or you you do something different because because you don't like it. I mean, I'm in this business and I have to deal with things. And what does it take to change this? I don't know really. I have to take care about or get some people together to change the world. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know really. It's it's sometimes it can, it can be funny, but I, I we need to need to know more about the politics behind it. The the the, the money politics and all and all that stuff because i we don't really really get a lot of money from all that spotify kind of stuff well, you know? yeah i don't think anybody does uh, speaking about mm. money somebody who's very interested in that is gene simmons from kiss and uh, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's famous for saying in the media recently over the last few years that rock is dead uh, there are no up-and-coming rock bands who are taken over from the likes of kiss iron maiden halloween acdc big stadium fillers do you think that he's right or do you see a future for mm, hard rock i don't know I don't know. It's all coming back. Hair, hair is growing and stuff like this, and beard raising is still going on. You know, <laughs> airborne and stuff like this. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I mean, he talks. He, maybe Gene Simmons, Gene Simmons talks rock and roll dead to to make money when he's when he will reburn it. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I don't know. My well, it's rock and roll today is very, very different from the eighties or even from the sixties and seventies. The you know, I mean the revolution of rock and roll is always being against blah blah blah, being against society, sure. being against rules and laws and stuff like this. Yeah. And all all this is kind of gone a little because you, you, you there's nothing that left to shock the people it's been there all everything was there and you you cannot really think of something where you can shock the people i mean you can take your ass you go with a naked ass on stage nobody really cares in the in the in the, in the, in the 60s 70s you'll you'll end up you'll end up in jail all right. All right. Th there's no revolution anymore because it's th that is kind of done i think in this way he's right but the music still lives on you know are you, are you giving us spoilers for the upcoming tour now is it going to be naked asses on stage <laughs> uh, well uh, uh what does it cost <laughs> so, so uh talking about i get i get i get on my I get Stan and Laurel on my body, <laughs> tattooed. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. Is that real? Do you actually? <laughs> no. 
I think my wife wouldn't agree, really. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, so... You wrote the song Indestructible, so we're talking about kind of being a legacy band, being around for, I don't know, 35 longer years now. Um, is Indestructible, when I see your name in the writing credits, does that mean that you wrote the vocal melodies, the lyrics, the entire thing? Yeah, yeah. So what? I, I, got, I got this idea from the last tour because it, it was like a really, really big energy also coming from the audience. I mean, you play, you give them energy, and it was some overwhelming a goose-bumping energy coming back to us from the audience, and that amazes us, you know. Sure. And after a while, we got together very well, deciding, wow, with this lineup, it's, it's really cool. It seems to be a very, very strong lineup at the moment, and so why not going into the studio? That kind of feeling makes you indestructible. And also, over the years, when we, when we, when I thought of, well, we had ups and downs a lot, in, in, in the career of the band, you know, mm. but still we are there, still we are kind of indestructible. Anything can come along, but we will kind of survive it, you know. Sure. We survived, sure. we survived the fucking pandemic, can, cannot yes. kill us, you know. Yes, We're you still did. there. You did. So <laughs> you wrote in that song, uh, We're fighting for a world without oppression. We are fighting for a world where we can live without fear. Um, what is that about? <laughs> it's like, um, I mean, um, it's always, uh, I like to live in a free world where everybody can do, say, or everybody can be whatever they like to be, you know? There, there's no barriers for me. You, you gotta, that's Walter Sherico kind of thing. You gotta tear down the walls yeah. that, we, that we are building around ourselves, you know? It's it's not forbidden, you know, as long as it's not forbidden, as long as if you don't hurt anybody, just feel free to be anything, to be anybody you like to be, to be anything you like to be, to say and to to do anything you like to be, as long as you don't hurt anybody. And it goes with the law, you know, I mean, it's I like that free world kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. OK, it's a very nice message. Um, and there, there are a few, so a few callbacks to previous Halloween albums in the lyrics. You said gambling through the devil's eyes like sinners, obviously referencing two different albums there. was And, and the, obviously the artwork as well, the excellent art, artwork by Ellerin Cantor, uh, a fabulous painting, which is the cover of the album. Yeah. Um, was it important for you to acknowledge the past on this album with the lyrics and the artwork and things like that? Yeah, just because of the... It, it, this, this, this is why we only called this album Halloween. I mean, ha hmm. Skyfall is actually really a... Uh, a title track in a way and we had the idea to call it Halloween Skyfall blah 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 and so on we had good ideas with that but in the end of the day it was like uh, linking you through the past through the in in the present into the future and it doesn't need and then we felt like re being reborn having a resurre resurrection in the studio for like with it was like the two new guys so we thought it doesn't need anything more than just halloween because this is the new halloween the new old halloween <laughs> and it doesn't need need any more that's what we just kind of failed it's like it's like the new wave of old halloween yeah, it's just like I mean, uh, uh, we 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 don't invent the the wheel in you or something. Yeah, and it's all been there, but but somehow it fits, and it's simple and it's a trademark. Very good. Uh, uh, so this is obviously an Irish podcast. I'm coming to you from Dublin, Ireland today, and I know you've mentioned in the past that you're a fan of Tin Lizzy and Phil Linnett in particular. Oh yes. Oh um, yes. Was he a large influence on your bass playing style? Yeah, he's always very melodic, and he's kind of. Uh, of course, I, I play those songs. Like just just the other day, some 
reporter was asking me if I could have the chance to play live on stage with somebody, any song, uh, uh, also artists, dead or alive. <laughs> I mentioned I, w I would like to play with Thin Lizzy, uh, the bass line live on stage in some theater or even on an outdoor gig, like uh, uh, the sun goes down, just easy going. Oh, yeah. Him singing, me playing, Brian Robinson, Brian Downey. You know, it's uh, it, it it would be great. But you know, I, I he's kind of a rock and roll, the most romantic rock and roll guy I know, because he's got that romantic kind of feeling when he writes the songs, and playing his bass. You know, it's it's kind. Of, I I like just like it a lot. It 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 moves me. It moves my emotions. Any particular favorites? Uh, what, what would your favorite Thin Lizzy song be? Oh, I don't know. I, I like the Renegade album yeah, quite a lot. I know? quite like that too. And, and the Black Rose album is fantastic. I mean, it's it's great stuff. Yeah. You know, it's it's everlasting. Renegade really went off in a few strange directions, but um, yeah, it's it's an underrated album to certainly say the least. Yeah. Um. So uh, here's a question for you: What's it like to have your own Wikipedia page, and is it accurate? Um, uh, my, I, I don't really into this platforms at all okay it's not it's not really done by me there's i know there's some people doing something with my in my name with my name right and, and I, I really don't have something like this wikipedia pages oh, but there might be an official one of course well well there is because i was obviously just doing a yep. little bit of research i know wikipedia is, is often in, yeah. inaccurate so i was just wondering if you'd looked at it and if it's accurate um i can i can have a look but i'm pretty much old school with all that stuff i don't have an instagram i i'm not so familiar with all that stuff you okay. know i'd rather if you want to talk to me come after the show you'll see me at the bar you know that's my kind of thing sure <laughs> having a nice cool one do you like meeting the fans even even after 35 years it's cool it's cool yeah why not i mean i'm hanging around and they know where they find me sometimes <laughs> hmm. And do you get like? Do you get also running around? Sorry, running around in Hamburg. I'm not hiding, you know. If if you start hiding because of getting more popular, and then then it wouldn't make the situation better. Some com some are complaining they because they can't go out in this pub or in this bar. Mm. But I never stop doing this, so it's kind of normal when I appear saying hello, and then it's cool, you know. Sure, and, and like do you, do you like I know. Obviously, there are people in the band who are probably more recognisable as the faces of Halloween than you are. But do you still get recognised a lot out and about? Well, it depends if I'm running around in Hamburg going shopping or something. There will be nobody realising me. Or sometimes I have a couple of looks. It's it's just not uh, uh, enough metal fans running around everywhere all the time, you know. <laughs> it's uh, one or two guys coming and asking and talking, but it's not it's not... There's not a lot of people, but if I go to shows, hanging around, watching bands, then of course I'll be there. They meet me at the bar, we talk, we we drink, we. But but they're not everywhere all the time, you know. It's kind of easy. It's not just like Michael Jackson or Prince. So you <laughs> wouldn't you wouldn't have the chance to hit the road again or yeah, something like true. this, you know. Yeah. And that kind of popularity, I kind of like. We we go out, we play, we do what we love to do but still being able to do a normal life you know cool and um so you're obviously going on a tour next year and it's uh with with hammerfall as we mentioned but you also mentioned that a lot of people brought a lot of ideas to this album is is there a lot of material left over or if you go to make a new album will you discard all of that and just start from scratch mm, again i i don't know normally we start from scratch again of course we listen back to some ideas for example there's no ballad on this album mm. 
uh, we we actually recorded one, but then after the master process, mastering process, we had even some more ideas to make it even better, and we weren't really satisfied with the arrangement after being uh, after it being mastered. So we we thought of well, we're not going to bring something out that's not really really uh, approved by us in the way. So we we we. We kept it back to to work a little more on it. This is probably a song you will hear in this fut- in the future. And I don't know. We let's do the tour and then sit down together, listen back to the old ideas. Of course, there's new ideas coming. Who knows? Whatever is coming, anything is possible. You know, from here. Great. Okay, but look, I'm conscious of your time. I really appreciate you joining me today uh, for this episode of Feckin' Metal. Do you have any final words for fans of Halloween, or what can we expect on the next tour? Yeah, uh, use a rubber. <laughs> <laughs> and it's i mean it's just like we all need to go back to normal situations i hope it's going to be uh, a normal situation a normal life soon so we can go out and having a great halloween party uh, doing a real big halloween circus with hammerfall and going out there back going back on the road again and i hope for the people that they didn't suffer as much, you know, because I know in my in my circle of friends, there's a couple of people they really lost a lot of jobs and lost a lot of money, and you know, it's they needed help from the government, and this wasn't was not easy to reach. I hope they all getting back to normal, and the, and the situation gets better. And I, I, you know, I pray for them too. Well, brilliant. Look, thanks very much, Marcus. I really appreciate it. It was an absolute pleasure to speak to you and it was a pleasure to deal with your record label and management as well. Very professional right. operation and I really appreciate it. So thanks again and best of luck with the new album and the new tour um, and maybe I'll see you at the Thank bar you. sometime. <laughs> yeah, I will go to Dublin. There's like, I, I never, that's what I'm going to do probably. Uh, I, I was talking about with a, with a friend of mine who's a big Thin Lizzy fan, going to Dublin and visiting the statue where there's like the red pub right next to it oh you know? yeah and that's what i'm going to do when i when when i'm allowed to fly again maybe for like a long weekend to go to dublin having a nice fun very, time there very good. visiting visiting phil well making some pictures <laughs> you, you've got my email address there so if you come over to dublin i'll buy you a pint again and say about that <laughs> oh yeah that would be great okay. i like this a lot <laughs> cool all right Thank thanks you. thanks marcus see you bye 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 Alright, so that's going to do it for this episode of Feckin' Metal. That was Marcus Grosskop from Halloween. I'm really looking forward to seeing this band at some point. I've never seen them before. They are playing a few festivals, as I mentioned, or we talked about on the on the interview there, and, and they've got some stuff lined up for next year. I'd love to see them in Gothenburg. I'm almost about to pull the trigger to buy those tickets. Uh, this day, five years ago, in fact, I, I saw Iron Maiden in Gothenburg, and I only stayed there for one night. Um, I'd love to see more of the city. Halloween and Hammerfall seems like the best, the hottest ticket in town, nearly, uh, for a non-festival show, just a standalone show. So I really hope to get to see that. But I hope you enjoyed my interview. I certainly enjoyed interviewing Marcus. He was a sound bloke from the get-go. Um, great sense of humor, willing to talk about anything that I 
that I mentioned or question them about and just generally good natured. Uh, so thanks, Marcus, for that. Thanks for listening. This has been episode 32 of Feckin' Metal and I'll see you next time.